Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. On this episode, we're diving into the world of CBD, and we'll discuss how it can potentially help you lose weight, manage stress, help with pain, and help you sleep. Let's dive in. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Ross. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is Dr. Michelle Ross. Um, I'm a neuroscientist. I've been working with patients for over the last decade to heal pain with medicine like CBD, cannabis, kratom, and mushroom. I wanted to get started with what is the endocannabinoid system if you were to just explain this in layman terms to somebody? So the endocannabinoid system is one of your biggest neurotransmitter systems in your body. And to get really, really basic, what is a neurotransmitter? It's a signal that is released between different brain cells or nerve cells. So that's how they communicate with each other. And so you have all these different nerve cells in your body and they control things like memory, our muscles moving, motivation, vision, all these different things, right? They basically control everything. And so what does the endocannabinoid system do? It actually regulates all of these other neurotransmitter systems in your body. And so it's sort of the fine-tuned dial, if you think on a radio or something, it's something that is controlling all the other systems and it's providing balance. So if your endocannabinoid system is out of balance, you could potentially have a lot of other systems in your body out of balance. So it's really complicated when it comes down to it because it's a system that literally regulates everything in the body and people aren't used to that. They're like, it just regulates feeding or just regulates movement or sex drive or something like that. But the endocannabinoid system is literally involved in every single system in our body except for breathing. That's actually really important and a point we'll probably come to later. I actually didn't know that. I just thought it was in control of all the systems, like immunity, your nervous system, you name it, but it doesn't help bring balance back to breathing. Yeah. So the one area in your body, it doesn't have any endocannabinoid receptors or cannabinoid receptors. It's an area called the brainstem. And so that regulates breathing. That's actually really important because one of the things that people are sometimes surprised to find is that you can't overdose on cannabis. It can't stop your breathing. You can't die from it like you can from opioids. And opioids are really known for stopping breathing, right? Because they activate receptors in that brainstem area and slow down breathing until you die. There are no cannabinoid receptors in the brainstem. There might be like one or two, but for basic parts here, there's really none. And so that's why if you use cannabis, you might get really high. You might get really nauseous. If you take too much, you might go to sleep for three days, but you're never going to die from it because it's never going to affect your breathing. Now, there are actually cannabinoid receptors in your lungs and things like that. And they do things like regulate inflammation and things like that, but it doesn't regulate your rate of breathing. That's really good to know because there's a lot of people that are using CBD and THC for pain, chronic pain, severe pain. Can you speak to that a little bit? When somebody comes to me for pain, I get a little confused as to what to use, whether it's something with a high level of THC versus CBD or like a topical or a tincture. Where would you start with somebody that's coming in for pain? Okay, well, let's really get down to basics. I've treated a lot of different patients, educated even the doctors, right? It's so funny because even the doctors don't know what a THC and a CBD is. Are they the same thing? 
Do they come from cannabis? Do they come from hemp? Where do they even come from, right? Do we make CBD? Do we make THC? Just for the record, we don't make any CBD or THC in our own bodies. It does come from the cannabis plant. So THC, it tends to be in plants that are basically what we would call marijuana plants or cannabis plants. It's sort of funny because we use this term marijuana in the legal sense, but really the plant is the same, whether it makes more CBD or makes more THC. But THC is a cannabinoid that binds to our cannabinoid receptors, and it turns on a whole bunch of different things in our body. It can make us high. It can reduce inflammation. It can reduce pain. It can stop cancer cells from growing. It can do so many different things. CBD is usually not in the same plants that make a lot of the cannabis. There's usually plants that make mostly THC and there's plants that make mostly CBD. And we call the ones that make mostly CBD hemp plants. So that's why if you ever hear about hemp versus cannabis or marijuana, it's Mm -hmm. funny because it's like really the same plant, but we call marijuana plants with a THC Mm -hmm. and we call hemp plants the ones that have more CBD in them. But what is the difference between THC and CBD, right? So THC, again, is the one that we associate with high, but it does actually have a lot of medicinal benefits. CBD tends not to create a high. You can take a lot of it. It might make you feel relaxed. So it does have what we call psychoactivity, where a lot of times you might see, hey, CBD doesn't have any psychoactivity. Well, psychoactivity is actually changing your mood, changing how you feel, and it can make you more relaxed. So it definitely has a little bit of a mood change, but it's definitely not as strong as an activator of the endocannabinoid system as THC. So it's much more mild effects and it has a different mechanism of action. And so THC is actually binding to your cannabinoid receptors that are on pretty much every cell in your body, whereas CBD is doing something a little bit different. CBD actually helps increase the levels of your own endocannabinoid. So we have our own marijuana-like compounds floating around in our brain and our body. Some of them are called anandamide. There's also 2-AG or 2-AG and a whole bunch of other minor ones. So we make our own marijuana-like compounds and they activate our own cannabinoid receptors in our body. What CBD does is actually help us boost our own levels of these natural endocannabinoids. So it's super cool. We actually have a molecule called anandamide. It's called the bliss molecule. Really what happens when you're taking CBD, it's helping increase levels of this bliss molecule. That sounds pretty awesome, right? And what does it do? It makes us feel a little bit of bliss, not a lot of bliss. Again, we're not getting high or anything like that, but that CBD is going to make us feel good. And then also when those cannabinoid receptors are activated, we're going to have antioxidant effects. We're going to have anti-inflammatory effects. We are going to have some reduction in pain and things like that. But I want you to think of THC is sort of like extra, extra strength help, like opioid pain relief, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas CBD is going to be more milder, right? It's going to be more on level, I would say, like as a regular Tylenol or leave or something like that. So Mm -hmm. when I tell clients about why would you reach for CBD versus THC? Of course, We have things like, hey, is THC even legal in your state? That's one consideration, right? Or THC isn't legal in some states, or you might have to get a medical marijuana card recommendation in order to access THC products, whereas CBD products are mostly legal across the United States. There's sort of a nice little entryway in case you're interested in learning about how to use these products, how to use them for pain. They don't come with the high or things like that. So a lot of people are comfortable with trying them out first for pain. But again, if you are at a level 10 pain, if you have very, very severe pain, CBD products can help a little, but I wouldn't say that they can erase your level 10 pain. You have to sort of manage those expectations of what these plants can do. If you think that, again, like baby Tylenol is going to help your level 10 pain that you should be in the ER for, it's not going to work, right? So Mm -hmm. CBD, again, is more pain relief. There's a lot of different ways to use it from 
smoking to using teachers to using even like lotions and things like that mm -hmm. same with thc or cannabis you can also use both of these cannabinoids both cbd and thc i don't want to talk too much because i got to literally talk three hours about all the things you can do with it so <laughs> let's break it down to bite-sized pieces for the listeners yeah, no, that was a great explanation. I mean, you just threw in all of it together, explained it so perfectly. Let's go to CBD then. There's so many products out there and so much information on CBD. There's CBD isolate, there's full spectrum CBD, broad spectrum CBD, CBD oil, CBD hemp, CBD, blah, 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 right? So yep. <laughs> what is the difference between full spectrum, broad spectrum, and CBD isolate. Let's just start there. So it's so funny because me, I have fibromyalgia and I actually use CBD and cannabis products every single day. I also test out a lot of products, right? Brands are always like, hey, Dr. Ash, CBD oil for health. I want to send you my product and see what you think. And it's hilarious because I still have to do a, the same kind of reading of labels that everyone else does. I'm like, what is in this CBD? Is it CBD isolate? Is there THC in there? How many milligrams? It's confusing sometimes to read these labels. And so what's really important, what is CBD isolate? So CBD isolate is actually just a CBD molecule by itself. There's nothing else in there. And it's usually dissolved in a carrier oil. The most common one is called MCT oil. It's actually made from coconut oil. So it's literally, you might have like two ingredients, that CBD chemical and that coconut oil and maybe a flavoring or something like watermelon or peach. Some of them actually taste like candy. It's hilarious. <laughs> but then the broad spectrum CBD oil products, what is that? Well, the plant actually has more compounds in it than just the CBD chemical by itself. There are minor cannabinoids besides CBD that are actually in the botanical extract from the hemp plant. Things like CBG or CBC or CBN. Again, a lot of little acronyms here, but they all stand for other chemicals that activate our cannabinoid system in different ways. And so we know that there's more power when you have these plant extracts that have all these hundreds of special compounds that do things. I hate to say this, but the pharmaceutical approach to medicine is really one compound at a time, right? And so the pharmaceutical approach would be just give you CBD. But we know from some studies now that just giving you CBD is not going to have the same impact as giving you CBD plus all the other things that came naturally in the plant. We know that natural is usually works better, but modern medicine is confused by plant medicine. But these broad spectrum extracts will have a lot of the compounds in the plant. They'll also have these called terpenes that give it the smell through the hemp plant and cannabis plant. If you ever smelled anything, you're like, does it smell spicy? Does it smell like gasoline? Does it smell like citrus or something like that? There's these things called terpenes that actually have their own medicinal qualities. Some make you sleepy, some reduce hunger, some make you more hungry. They have all these different things. And so this amazing, amazing hemp and cannabis plants, they have all these different botanical compounds. So your broad spectrum plant is going to have the CBD, the cannabinoids, the terpenes, flavonoids, all these different things that are going to make it more powerful for reducing pain, inflammation, or reducing anxiety or things like that. So your broad spectrum is going to be better than an isolate product. And how do you find out what your CBD oil is? You can sort of tell. Sometimes they'll say broad spectrum or sometimes they'll say isolate. If it says on the back terpenes or things like that, if it says it has terpenes, it's definitely not an isolate product. It could be a broad spectrum product. It could be a full spectrum product. The difference between a broad spectrum CBD product and a full spectrum CBD product is that a broad spectrum CBD product will not have any THC in it. They have actually taken out the THC out of that product. Whereas 
full spectrum CBD products have a little bit of THC in them. And in order for them to qualify as CBD products and not THC products or marijuana products that you have to buy from a dispensary, it can only have less than 0.3% THC. So not a lot, very little, but just so you know, if you are getting drug tested or things like that, you may want to stay away from full spectrum CBD products because depending on the dose, if you're taking 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams a day, you're going to accumulate a little bit of THC in your system and you can definitely fail a drug test. I know that a lot of times companies will say, oh, you fail a drug test if you're using CBD. If you're using a full spectrum product, you can because you are getting some THC in there. And why would you want THC in there? Well, some people find that it's more effective for pain relief and inflammation and some other symptoms. We have just a little bit of THC. There's this effect called the entourage effect where if we have THC, we have CBD, if we have all the natural components of the plant, our body not only absorbs it better, but again, all these different compounds are interacting at a cellular level to really, really have more of a powerful effect. So if you had to sort of rank them, you're like, okay, I am a severe pain patient or I have arthritis or something. What should I take? If you're not going to get drug tested, go for the full spectrum product. If you had a choice, try not to go for the isolate products because again, there is a lot of healing benefits in all the other parts of the plant. Again, there's reasons for why people would take one versus the other, but in my opinion, the broad spectrum is really the best. Sometimes people don't love them because depending on the flavoring and things like that, like if you look at a full spectrum product, it's going to be a little green, might have some plant matter in it, they might have to put a little extra flavoring in it. You can tell what it is when you pull up the fluid, right? If it's like clear, it's either a broad spectrum or it's an isolate product. Mm-hmm. If it's got like the cloudiness, a little bit of green tint, it's usually a full spectrum. Wow. I mean, I feel like I just learned a lot from that too. I had no idea if you were taking a full spectrum CBD, you could test positive on a drug test. Yeah. Well, I mean, that little percentage adds up, right? It's not a lot, but when we're looking at drug tests, right, it's not how much is in your system? They're like, oh, they only had a tiny bit. It's like pass or fail. Just a little bit can trip it up. And then again, there are some patients out there that are taking really high amounts, especially the ones that take it for say epilepsy or seizures. Mm -hmm. If you're taking 200 milligrams of full spectrum product a day, you're going to be taking in a couple milligrams of THC. So that's something to just keep in mind. Again, the majority of us are not drug tested, but it's always a potential issue. And I never want anyone to have any surprises. Just out of curiosity, which one of the terpenes decreases appetite? Oh my goodness. So there's one called cumulene and it's in some CBD products. It's harder to find because like they don't usually list, hey, what their percentage is. If you look at lab testing for a cannabis product, right? You might see a breakdown of all the terpenes, whereas a lot of the CBD products don't have that. But some really good products now are coming out with what we call certificates of analysis or COAs, (laughs) where some of them might break down what their terpenes are, especially if they're proud of, hey, our formula really works for pain. And it's because it's really rich, say, in mercy that might be helpful for pain, or it's really good for sleep. And this is a terpene that's really in there. We know things like, again, linolols, like for sleep and relaxation and things like that. But yeah, humulene is an appetite suppressant. And another cannabinoid too, it's funny because now I'm seeing CBD tinctures with this one. I actually just got one of these from a friend. I'm friends with the owner of Push Clean and she had this THCV tincture and that's supposed to increase focus and energy and decrease appetite. 
THCB is actually known to decrease appetite. So it's interesting. It's like you can find these formulas now that are over the counter that have CBD and then they have extra cannabinoids added to them, whether they're CBN for sleep or THCB for appetite reduction and things like that. So it's important for people to know now it's not even just CBD. Like what is a CBN? What is a THCB? What is a CBC? What is a CBG? And like they all have different things. You bring up a great point because I actually was curious about this a few years ago with THCV, which you Mm -hmm. just spoke about. And there was some research coming out, I believe from Israel stating that it was helping, and I never use the word cure, but helping people get off their medications for diabetes, which is huge. I mean, I'm curious, have you heard anything about that? Yeah. So I am a little bit versed in the neuroscience of weight loss. I did write a book called Train Your Brain to Get Thin. and I helped formulate a bunch of different weight loss products, both in the mainstream world and in the cannabis world. And in terms of THCV and what it can do, you know that there's a company called GW Pharma that did a lot of research around THCV and diabetes the control of insulin, blood pressure, all the things that really impact obesity, right? Because that's a huge, huge problem in our country. Over like 60% of, I think, Americans are qualified for overweight or obese. So it's really been an important target. Mm -hmm. And so anything that people can take that does something, right, helps. Mm -hmm. And we know that people who use cannabis tend to have thinner waistlines. They have better Mm -hmm. blood pressure control. They tend to even weigh less or have less body fat than people that don't use cannabis. And for a while, researchers were like, I don't understand. They smoke weed to get the munchies. Why aren't they fatter? Why are they healthier? Why are cannabis users healthier? And then THCV was one of the things that came up. Now, THCV, again, is a cannabinoid that's in some hemp, some cannabis. I would say it's actually a more rare strain. So for example, Mm -hmm. if you just went to a dispensary and you picked up a strain, the chances of it having THCV in it are very low. There's actually only certain strains that have it. And some of them are like more rare ones that came from Afghanistan and things like that. So for example, Durban poison is- a I was just about to bring that up. I was like, Durban poison is the one- Yeah, that- that's the gold standard for it, right? It's like around 5%, depending on where it grows and how it grows. Again, everyone grows their cannabis a little differently and all the different cities, elevation, climate, they all factor into how a strain, you know, like what the chemical profile that is. But yeah, that THCV, right? So it's good for energy. It's good for focus. It's good for insulin control, abdominal fat and things like that. So I tend to tell patients that are worried about, hey, I don't want to get the munchies because a lot of cannabis and even some CBD oils, it's hilarious because they have a terpene profile. Some of them make you hungry. They're like supposed <laughs> to suppress your appetite, but instead they're hungry. And so I tell people, hey, maybe you want to look for a strain or a product that has that. So that's really fun because it's not what you're expecting to say, hey, I'm trying to go on a diet and trying to deal with suppressing those cravings for food. And Durban poison or THCV tinctures and things like that are really, really great for suppressing appetite. It's funny because it's like, I have one because I'm going through that now too. It's just funny because we've all gone through like the pandemic, 15, 20, 30, hilarious. As much as we all try, we're all stressed out. We're eating our comfort foods, things like that. And so I think THCV is something that can be definitely powerful and just helping us get back to our normal, healthy lives. So any little boost there, but CBD, THCV, even THC, people do use small amounts of THC to get energy or to focus or to like get them motivated to run and things like that. It's interesting, like there's a lot of misinformation or myths, misconceptions about cannabis, right? Again, Mm -hmm. it's like cannabis can actually make you motivated 
to go power through a run or to go through your weightlifting session and actually work out longer because you're like excited, you're feeling good, you're supplementing your runner's high and things like that. So I want to stress that cannabis can be actually a great way too to get into an exercise routine or to make yoga more fun. If you find it's like boring, I would say use some CBD, use some cannabis before your yoga session can really enhance it. So THCV, it's a derivative of THC, correct? Is that legal in all the states? Can you get it everywhere? It's really interesting right now where we are with cannabis, right? Actually, no cannabis products really are 100% legal in the United States. Sort of a really gray area. A lot of the cannabinoids in the plant besides CBD are still um, scheduled drugs. They're on our, let's say, schedule one drugs where basically it's equated like cannabis THC is like the same as heroin. It's sort of really, really horrible. But in terms Mm -hmm. of can you buy a THCV product in the dispensary versus online and things like that, like you can CBD, right now it's THCV comes from the hemp plant that has very little THC in it. It's considered legal or in a gray area where I would say our government could enforce things. Like it could say, hey, you shouldn't sell any of those things. You should only sell them in the dispensary. So it's sort of weird. So it's like, I've seen these products in the dispensaries where you have to get a medical marijuana card, or if you live in a state where there's adult use, which means you don't have to have a medical marijuana card, anyone over the age of 21 mm-hmm. get these products. But I've also seen them sold with CBD stores or CBD companies and things like that. And so we're seeing this like CBN, for example, CBN is actually in the plant. It's form from THC. Even in the plant, you can get THC. If you have old cannabis, it has CBN. It's interesting. There's all these cannabinoids here that can stem from THC, but they can also be in the hemp plant that just has CBD. So it's like, it's hard for them to like understand. It's so confusing for users or patients, right? They're just like, is my stuff legal? And like, sometimes the answer is, we don't know. It's (laughs) we're waiting for guidance. We sort of have to wait for them. I would say this, THCV, we know more about it because, again, these pharmaceutical companies have studied it mm-hmm. than we do about some of the other ones. For example, um, the one that I do want to sort of caution people against is like Delta-8 THC. That's a new cannabinoid that is popping up a lot in vape pens and in gummies and things like that. It hasn't been studied as much, but a lot of times you can see people are buying these products and they're like, well, it gets you high, but it's not Delta-9 THC. It's so crazy that there's now even different versions of things. Consumer is so confused. They go and they're like, I don't know, I'm looking for something for sleep. And instead they get something that makes them high and they were like, looking for that. Delta 8 can still make you high. It's sold in like CBD stores and things like that. There's so much confusion. And it's what I try to clear up. To be honest, it is a gray area. It's just, you don't know unless it is coming from a dispensary, I would say. Yeah, I think lab testing is really important, right? Some CBD companies do their own lab testing, right? Some go to a third party. I would say like the more proof that they can give you that they're a safe company, Mm -hmm. right? That there's not things in it that shouldn't be in there. This is the thing, like heavy metals can be in CBD plants because hemp plants pull up all the chemicals from the soil and things like that. So some people Mm -hmm. grow their hemp outside, some grow it indoor, most of them grow it outside. So it's like really important that your hemp oil, that your CBD oil is made from is made in a safe place, that it is grown without pesticides, like all these things. So you always need to make sure it's safe. Yeah. It's like, is it tested? And one of the nice things about cannabis dispensaries is that, yes, they do all the testing. You know exactly what terpenes are in these things, how much THC, how much CBD. Whereas 
over the counter online or in CBD stores, you're buying something, you hope it has enough CBD in it. And it's hilarious. There's even been studies that are like, hey, did the CBD drink have any CBD in it? No, you <laughs> bought nothing. You literally just bought water. You bought a $10 water. I get a lot of people coming to me stating they bought the CBD cream or skincare mm. lotion. And I look at the ingredients and I'm like, this probably doesn't have any CBD in it because it's like a really small percentage of it. And it'll say hemp seed oil. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, hemp seed oil. I'm so glad you touched on that because as one of okay, my pet peeves, like I get into fights with people because it's just funny. Sometimes like brand owners will not even know what the difference between hemp seed oil and CBD is. First off, hemp seed oil mm-hmm. is made from the seed of the hemp plant. So it's a hemp plant seed. It does not have CBD in it. It does not have THC in it. It has a lot of omega-3s. It's really good for like, say, moisturizing, inflammation, and things like that, but it does not have any CBD. So if you have a lotion that has a big pot leaf over it, and it's like (laughs) hemp lotion or canna lotion, and then you look at the ingredients and it says hemp seed oil or something like that, there's like five different names it could be. It does not have CBD. They're trying to pretend it does because it's cool and it's like they're marketing, but they're actually lying to you. I was mad at Target. I went into a Target and there's this big display of like pot leaves and stuff. And I look at it and I'm like, I literally saw other people going and they're like, oh my God, they sell CBD lotion in here. This is so cool. And people were like grabbing all this stuff. And I was like, there's no CBD in it. And they're like, why would they say that? It's got leaves all over it. So I always want to tell consumers, look at the label on the back. A cannabis leaf does not actually mean that there's any CBD, THC, cannabis whatsoever in it. A hemp seed oil is not CBD. So please be on the lookout because again, there's deceptive marketing, even some of the best brands, again, like Target, right? Do you expect mm-hmm. Target to lie to you? I well, mean, that's the brand that I'm talking about. There was something from Target that my friend had bought and it said hemp seed oil. And I was like, wow, this is not. And she was so convinced. She's like, yes, I got a CBD product. I'm like, no, actually that's not true. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's too confusing, right? And I love how accessible I think cannabis and CBD medicine can be, right? I love that you can go to the store and look for CBD products and things like that. But you can also go very, very wrong, just like you can go with any other supplements, right? Like there's tons of supplements on the market that don't work. There's tons of supplements that have things in them that aren't safe and they get recalled and things like that all the time. But this is what I stress is like, you have to talk to a professional to understand what are the right products? Yes, you can go like wild and be like, I'm going to try these gummies that I saw online, or I walked in my friend's store and I buy these things. They may not work. They may not be safe. You could take the wrong dosage. There's so many different things. There's even potential drug interactions when it comes down to CBD and different medications. So I always think it's so important. Talk to a doctor, talk to a nurse, talk to a certified CBD or cannabis coach. And I'll get into that. There are people that are like, I'm a certified CBD coach. Did you go to a webinar for one hour? Like, what did you do to get that training? What does that actually mean? There's people like me that have been doing this goodness for like 10 years and there's people that went to a webinar for like 10 minutes and they got like a certificate and sort of have to check up on people's credentials you need really a trusted guide on this journey so you do it right because again it's like cannabis is medicine cbd is medicine but medicine when used improperly can be harmful you bring up a good point people should be going to someone that's educated in this and unfortunately we don't have a lot of physicians out there that know what they're talking about when it comes to cannabis, because I do get a lot of patients and I'll get to that in a minute, but I get a lot of patients that obviously after COVID and just life in general has brought them a lot of stress. And so 
they'll go out and they'll buy these CBD products for stress and anxiety. And then they'll say it's not working or it's causing even more stress. Can you touch a little bit on CBD use for stress before I get into the whole provider thing? Yeah, yeah, no worries. The most common symptom that comes across my way, right, is like, hey, I'm looking for stress or for sleep. They're two sides of the same coin because when you're stressed out, you can't sleep. So if you get a CBD bottle, you're not really even sure what's in it. Like my first question is always, what are you using? Are you using full spectrum, broad spectrum? Show me your bottle. What's in the bottle is important. Most of the time, what doesn't work is usually the CBD isolate products, again, because they don't have things like the terpenes, linalool, and things like that, that help support relaxation, that support mood lift. So it's usually, okay, is the product you're buying effective? What I really love is say the broad spectrum products that also have other herbs in it. There's so many cool formulations that are coming out now where it's not just CBD. They might add things like ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that actually helps reduce stress hormone release and things like that. There are some really cool formulations that are coming out that are super helpful for patients with stress, with anxiety, or even those that are looking to, with the help of a professional, try to taper down off some of their, say, anxiety medications. So there are formulations that are really, really focused on anxiety out there. Again, it might be ashwagandha, it might be rhodiola, it might be skullcap, things like that. There are formulations that work better for anxiety. There are formulations that work better for pain. So I would say, make sure what you got works. If you just got a general CBD product, it may not be that effective for you. Second is dosing. The biggest issue I see is that patients are underdosing themselves, right? It's like, oh, I use two milligrams of CBD. They just said take two drops or something. You're like two milligrams of CBD. Like that's not an effective dose. We know in clinical research, there's a whole wide range of dosing. Some of the clinical research suggests it's like, oh, if you want to stop stage fright or when you're giving a speech or something like that, you need 200 milligrams of CBD before you go out on stage. You're like, okay, that's a little bit too much. I don't want to tell you to take 200 milligrams. That's too much. And by the way, that'll be very, very expensive. That'll be like $100 <laughs> or something like that based on how expensive a bottle is, right? What are we looking for for a healthy range? For some people, it's 15 milligrams. For mm-hmm. some people, it could be 25. For some people, it could be a little bit more than that. So we have to see one, what is your weight? But dosing for CBD is really weight dependent. So if you're using five milligrams and say you're a big guy, you're 400 pounds, that's going to be not enough for you. You want to keep in mind what your weight is and increase your dose accordingly. Also, we know things like some people are fast metabolizers of CBD. Some people are slow metabolizers. So it's like some people will need higher doses more frequently. Some people will only dose themselves once. And you have to remember that CBD is not a time release product. It's not something you can take at nine and it's still working at nine o'clock at night. It's something where if you want it to continue working past like the four hours, I would say is like the effective range. It's not going to really work all day. So if you mm-hmm. want it to work all day, you're going to have to take it multiple times. You might have to take it in the morning, in the afternoon, or before you go to sleep. You might have to think about when are you most stressed out during the day. If you have more sleep issues than you have, say, more stress issues during the day, you might want to take a larger dose at night to help you sleep. So with patients, it's what product you're using, how much of it are you using, and how frequently are you using it? Once a day is just really not enough. And then there's some patients too, it's funny because it's like CBD is supposed to make you relax. Some people find it energizing. Some people find it makes them too sleepy. So like they're relaxed, but now they're falling asleep at 9 a.m. because they took it. You also have to think, 
what works for you. Everyone's brain is a little bit different. If CBD makes you sleepy, use it at night. Skip that mm -hmm. morning dose. There's a couple ways to use it, but definitely thinking about for you, how does it impact you? You're keeping your little notes. I always say like your little cannabis journal or things like that. Like, how did I feel after taking CBD? Did I feel more focused? Did I feel sleepy? Did I feel relaxed? Did nothing happen? Nothing happened. It's because you're not using enough. And when you say tincture, you mean oil, correct? Yes. Technically, anything that contains the cannabinoids, whether it's CBD, THC, a mixture of CBD and THC in dropper form. Mm -hmm. We're talking about tinctures. I know, again, it's like these products are called so many different things, but you might see these, these oils called CBD tinctures, hemp oil, CBD oil. Again, we have so many different words for it, but yes. Going back to what I was saying earlier, in terms of physicians and healthcare providers, making sure you know you're talking to somebody that's educated in this field, because it is very limited. I personally, as a physician, have been met with so much resistance from other physicians when I talk about the power of CBD and THC in certain conditions. For my patients, I get this resistance from my colleagues, like, what, THC? How dare you give that even in little amounts to somebody? How would you say, as somebody that's so educated in this and have written so many books, how do we help other colleagues get educated in this and kind of decrease the resistance? Because this plant is very helpful, right? Yeah. I think one thing that we haven't touched on, you know, we were just talking about how much THC is in a full spectrum or a broad spectrum uh, CBD oil, but we haven't even touched on, hey, taking additional THC or taking a tincture or an oil that contains equal amounts of CBD and THC in it. We call those actually one-to-one -one tinctures. In my coaching practice, what I've seen is that patients that don't respond even to larger amounts of CBD actually have a different brain chemistry. So they might need the THC to actually directly bind to those cannabinoid receptors and turn off that stress response, turn off that hypervigilance that we see. Some people aren't just anxious. Some people are dealing with trauma. Sometimes people don't even know that they have trauma that they're dealing with. They haven't understood what is bothering them or what has happened. But we're seeing with COVID especially that people have been so stressed out either by grief and loss of family members or loss of their job or having to switch from professional to taking care of their kids because now they're home from school and things like that. There's been so much stress. And so we've seen a lot of patients that have been saying, okay, I was on CBD, it was working for me. Now it's not. What do I do? What is the next step from that? And I have to say that providers need to really, really consider THC because THC is all about dosing. In high doses, THC can cause anxiety, right? And I know a lot of providers don't want their patients to be, say, like on a Xanax or on a certain prescription drug and using THC. Again, we're talking about very small amounts of THC can be helpful for anxiety. If a patient, for example, is taking 2.5 milligrams of CBD and 2.5 milligrams of THC in a tincture once or twice a day, that's not a lot of THC. 2.5 milligrams is what we consider a microdose. Mm -hmm. We also know that when THC and CBD are together, there's not of a strong effect of like the euphoria that we see with THC. So you're not going to be super high. You're going to be sort of balanced. You're going to be focused, energized, motivated, relaxed, resilient. That's what I love is like, okay, when things are going to pop up that are stressful, you're going to be able to handle them in a more controlled and balanced and happy way. And it's just like, whether you're professional, whether you're a mother at home trying to juggle your kids, it is okay to use small amounts of THC, especially with CBD. 
for balance. And so for providers, we have to stop demonizing THC. We have to stop putting in the bucket as it always makes people high. Again, it's dosing. Everyone will have a different threshold of how much THC they can tolerate during the day before they get to say, hey, I feel medicated or I feel okay to I feel high, right? And so for some people, it's really low. I'm going to tell you something, buddy. It's like, I have dealt with pain and stress as a fibromyalgia patient with many other health issues. Mm -hmm. I've been using cannabis for goodness, like 12 years now. Mm -hmm. I still during the day cannot take more than 1.25 milligrams of THC. Like we're talking, I literally have to take a microdose like mint of THC and breaking it in half for me during the days. And then I'll take 1.25 milligrams of THC. And then I'll take some broad spectrum CBD oil myself during the day to help with my stress and my pain. But like, I can't take any more. If I take 2.5 milligrams, I will fall asleep. And it's hilarious. Like I don't build any tolerance. So like every single patient is different. I've seen patients that are like, I took 10 milligrams of THC. I'm not high. Like I'm just normal. It's sort of funny. So everyone has a different tolerance for it. Everyone responds differently. So I would say also that there's no judgment. If CBD doesn't work for you and you need a little bit of THC, it's okay. Don't feel bad. You're not a bad person. There's none Mm -hmm. of that. And also again, clinicians understand some people need THC, some people need CBD. They work differently in the brain. Again, this is a bad cannabinoid. This is a good one. Only prescribe this one. We know from antidepressants, there's all these different combinations of drugs that we can use. We know for pain management, same thing. Like every patient is different. Every patient is going to need a little different mix of things. And so if a one-to-one ratio might be good for one patient of CBD to THC for another patient, they might need three to one where they need three times as much CBD as THC. Like there's all different things to play with. And I would say if you are struggling, if you tried out the CBD yourself, you're like, oh no, but I got the really good CBD oil and it's got the ashwagandha and everything and it's still not working. It just might not be strong enough for you and you might need to go Mm -hmm. to the THC. So it's okay. I want more people to embrace that. And also know like, don't spend a thousand dollars on CBD products that aren't a fit for you. You could have just maybe talk to a professional again first and find out like, hey, what is the right ratio for me? You know, right. there's quicker answers to your problems. And you bring up a really good point. It is individualized. So one thing that may work for you may not work for me. You've been a wealth of knowledge on CBD and THC for me today. Thank you so much. One last question that I ask all my guests is, do you believe there is a connection between medicine and spirituality? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I think really the purpose of medicine is really to help you heal yourself. And I know we've gotten so far away from that in the pharmaceutical model, because really we've shifted from the doctor is your healer. You're not your healer. But what I love about cannabinoid medicine is really helping us heal ourselves. And so I always encourage people to take some time to use CBD or cannabis as a catalyst to healing, Mm -hmm. help you pause help you relieve that stress, use it to enhance meditation, use it to enhance yoga, use it to get in touch with yourself, calm down, relax, reconnect, recharge. Because again, it's not just about treating the symptoms, really. The endocannabinoid system is helping you, once it's rebalanced, help you get in touch with yourself. We can't connect with everything else if we're not in touch with ourselves. So there's so much we can espouse on in spirituality and stuff like that. I love that topic. But for me, it's the gateway to so much healing. I completely agree. And where can people find you? You can find me at drmichelleross.com, D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-E-R-O-S-S.com. 
and I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all the things also at my handle, P-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-E, Ross. Well, thank you again. It was so lovely to have you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.